The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Story now on Mystery Theater. On Mystery Theater tonight, Mrs. Glassfell's story in radio version by Gavin Douglas. From CBC Halifax, we present The Old Nurse's Story. There, there now, my love. Come closer, and I'll tell you something from long ago. Something that you've never, never heard. You know, my dear, that your mother was an orphan and an only child. There never was such a baby before or since. So you've all been fine enough in return. For sweet winning ways, you've none of you come up to your mother, to my dear Rosamond. My mistress, your grandmother commanded me on her deathbed never to leave my little charge, for I was the last person left alive who loved her. <laughs> if my lady had never spoken so much as a word, I'd have gone with Miss Rosamond to the end of the world. And far we were to go before our tears were dry or the grave flowers could wither. You are the woman, Hester Albert. I am, sir. There is an orphan child here named Rosamond. There is, sir. Good. Stand aside. If I may be so bold as to ask, sir. Be good enough to stand aside when you are told. I am informed that you are the child's nurse. Fetch her. I tell you right, sir. I was entrusted with Miss Rosamond by her poor mother that's now in a better place. And that's the last word I'll say until you tell me your name and your business. Mm. I suppose that allowance must be made for your grief or your breeding. My name is Carsten. I have the honor to be agent to the Lord Marquess of Fennival. Oh. Ah, oh, indeed. I should think that even a nursemaid would know it when her mistress was first cousin to appear in the realm. Oh, I was aware, sir. That your mistress married a commoner of no birth or means against my lord's command, with the present result a penniless orphan. 
The child may count herself lucky that the Furnivals do not visit their wrath to the second and third generations. My lord is pleased to recognize Miss Rosamond as a blood relative, though mingled with inferior stock. As her guardian, he has ordered me to escort her post-haste tomorrow morning to Furnival Hall in Northumberland. See that she is ready. Oh, Mr. Carson, you'll not separate us. The choice lies with you. Miss Rosamond is accustomed to your care. If you mind your place, you may remain with her. One or two dependents, more or less, are of no concern to my lord. Good day. But, but, sir, what are we to do? You have your instructions. Good day. Esther? Yes, Mr. Carsten? We are approaching Ferniwell Hall. Wake the child. Oh, must I, sir? I... She's in a deep sleep at last, and it's been such a Wake long time. Wake her, I see. We are entering the great park, and it's my lord's orders that the estate and rank of her ancestors be impressed at once upon her mind. Oh, very well, sir. Oh, come now, my love. Where's the dear? Oh, wake up, Rosalind. Oh, yes, look at eyes. Where have we come to? Oh, where are all the farms and cottages? Far back on the road, my dear. We're driving through the great park of Furnival Hall at the oh, foot of Cumberland Fells. Look around you. Oh, Hester, that's not a park. It's all wild and cold. There's nothing but rocks and old trees, all white and lonely. Come now, Rotten. Look at the great hall with it. Yes, you were about to say, with tree branches dragging against its windows and its gardens turning back into forests. Don't they have a gardener? Oh, hush, Rosamond. Miss Furnival will tolerate no gardens and no scenery. The curtains of her own apartments are drawn winter and summer, day and night. Miss Furnival? Is my lord not here, then? Lord Furnival? Whatever did you get that idea? My lord has never set foot within the walls, nor has any other member of the family these fifty years. For the same length of time, my lord's great-aunt, Miss Furnival, has never set foot in the outside world. I think it was in my lord's mind that Miss Rosamond might perhaps amuse his aunt. And the air is healthy here. Only beware of the winter. The winter, sir? Um, come, we have arrived. Step down. Step down. I may not accompany you within. I am to join my lord at once in Newcastle. But you are expected. Mr. Carson... You have a month until the winter gales. When they come, if you are a wise girl, stop your ears and keep away from the windows. Mr. Carson! Mr. Carson! When we came up the great front steps and were admitted into the ancient hall, I thought we should be lost. It was so large and vast and grand. There was a chandelier, all of bronze, hung down from the middle of the ceiling. I'd never seen one before and looked at it all in amaze. At one end of the hall, there was a great fireplace, 
cold and unlit. Oh, it was large as the size of houses in my country. And on the western side was a, a huge old organ built into the wall, so broad and high that it covered the best part of that area. We were led on past the organ through endless stately corridors to the west wing. And at last, we came to a suite of apartments where it always seemed to be night. Fires crackled in all the rooms, and curtains of heavy velvet shut out the daylight. Miss Furnival sat in a high, narrow chair, her face as full of fine wrinkles as if they'd been drawn all over it with a needle's point. <laughs> she looked proud and frail, and trembling with a cold no fire could warm. Welcome to Furnival Hall, Rosamond. Ah, you're a surprisingly pretty and graceful child. Perhaps you are a Furnival after all. Sitting with her and working at the same great piece of tapestry was her companion, Mrs. Stark. Oh, she looked so grey and stony, as if she'd never loved or cared for anyone. Do not stand staring, child. It shows an idle mind. And you, what is your name, girl? Hester Allwood, ma'am. Very well, Hester. Your quarters in the child's nursery will be directly over the kitchen. You will share your meals with Dorothy the cook and old James, her husband. Since Miss Rosamond has uh, connections with the family, she will dine with Miss Furnival and myself. You will, of course, remain in attendance behind her chair throughout the meal. Is that clear? Perfectly, ma'am. Uh, good. We dine at seven. I think that will be sufficient until then. There is one other matter, and it is absolutely vital. You may move throughout this west wing and the center hall as you wish, Hester. But the east wing is locked and long abandoned and is never under any circumstances to be entered, no matter what may occur or seem to occur. Very well, Miss Furnival. You are very silent, Rosamond. Oh, she's shy, ma'am. Uh, it's all very new and strange to her. Oh, very likely, very likely. And yet she ought to be at ease here. You'll see her face in a dozen portraits on the wall. Perhaps, Rosamond, our ancestors will approve. Perhaps the dead will even grow to love you. Will they speak to me? Speak to you? Oh, no, no, no. God grant they be too proud for that. God would not allow an innocent to hear. God would not allow... Grace. I beg your pardon... I am an old woman gathering wool. You'd better go now, Hester. James and Dorothy will show you round your quarters. Oh, uh, Hester. Uh, yes, Miss Furnival? When Rosamond is ready, you may bring her down to us. Don't wait until the bell. Grace, if you are going to spoil oh, the child. Anne, it has been so long. Surely we may relax some ceremony for the very young. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 
I tell you, Hester, James looks down on me. Oh, away with you. I tell you, he does. He's lived near all his life in my lord's family and thinks there's no one so grand as they. Till he married me, I'd never lived in any but a farmer's household and he lords it over me as if he was a very farnival himself. Well, I be in a way... Mind you, I'm very fond of you. <laughs> hear him now. Oh, I can think of nothing I'd rather do unless to hear both. Oh, it's so good to be amongst my own sort of people. In a house. In a house. Say it. In a house that's forbidden, strange and cold. Dorothy. Oh, all right, James. I'll say nothing against your Miss Farnival. She's a good enough mistress in her high, grand way. If she holds herself so tall, she pays for it, as the good book says. Did you see her tonight after dinner, Hester, when Miss Rosamond went skipping off with James and me to the kitchen as soon as ever she could? Yes, I do believe she wanted to stay. Her eyes were begging Rosamond to stay, but uh, she wouldn't ask. Uh, she loves the little one, never doubt it. But it's too late now to make amends. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the weather's closing in these nights, Dorothy. Uh, you best pay mind to your own duties. Uh, is the snow so terrible here? Huh? The snow? Well, everyone seems to dread the weather. Tonight at dinner, Miss Furnival stared at Mrs. Stark with those sad eyes of hers and said, I'm afraid we shall have a terrible winter. It seemed a harmless enough thing to say, but Mrs. Stark pretended not to hear and talked very loud of something else. Uh, well, come along, my dear. We're all becoming gloomy and there's no need. Lord knows there are distractions enough here. It's a wonderful, great rambling house and a famous place for a wee one like Miss Rosamond. Come tomorrow when you're free and I'll show you the east wing. You mean the west wing, Dorothy? Uh, uh, Bless us, yes, what am I saying? You great gawk, you flustered my wits with your teasing. Of course, I mean the west wing. It's all green and gloomy, Hester, through the tree boughs and the ivy that darkens the windows. But the rooms are full of treasures. All drowned, you might say, in the green water. Mm. Old china jars and carved ivory boxes and wonderful things. Of course, we'll go tomorrow. There's nothing to see in the east wing. Nothing at all. That a Christian would want to see. run in many a year, Miss Rosamond. And I shan't now, so there. Oh, how many pictures are of room after room? Aye, they were a mighty family since the time of the border wars and long before. But this is the last chamber that was the old state drawing room in the grand days. They hung the best of the pictures here. Uh, who's the man in the plumes and gold lace? That's Sir Humphrey Furnival that fought for the martyr king and fled to France with Charles the Dissolute. Dorothy, who, who's the lovely lady over the mantelpiece? Ah, well, you may ask. That, huh? my dear, is the mistress, Miss Furnival, as she was these fifty years gone by. Oh, oh is that Miss Furnival? A wonder to look at she was then. But such a set, proud look and the scorn in her eyes. Yes. She's laughing at us. Why should she laugh? She has the funny dress on. It was all the fashion when she was young, miss. I remember something like it when I was a wee thing like you. Great ladies wore beaver hats with ostrich plumes tilted over their brows like that and satin gowns with them quilted stomachers just as you see her. Well, to be sure, flesh is grass, they do say, but who'd have thought that Miss Furnival had been such an out-and-out beauty? 
to see her now. Uh, folks change, sadly. But there was another sister, and if what my master's father used to say was true, Miss Vanessa, that's dead now, was even handsomer than our mistress, Miss Grace. But if I show it to you, you must never let on, even to James, that you've seen it. Can the little one hold her tongue, do you think? Oh, I wouldn't risk it. Uh, uh, Rosamond, dear. Yes? Go and hide in the next chamber, in, in the red room. Oh. And I'll show you how quickly I can find you. Oh, all right. <laughs> you never will find me, Hester. You know you never will. Now, quickly, turn the picture around. That one yes. that's not hung up and leans against the wall. Yes, this way. Oh. Uh. <laughs> oh. To be sure... It beats Miss Grace for beauty, and I think for scornful pride, too. Though, for that matter, it's hard enough to choose. Miss Vanessa? She's dead, you say? She was buried. I... Turn the picture around again, Hester. Turn it around and come away. Bitter night. And bitter yet for the shepherds on the fells. Aye. Tis the time of year now, from our Lord's birth to Epiphany, that the wind and the cold here do their worst. Seems cruel of the weather to bite most keenly in the Christmas season. Uh, the wind's a Turk. It pays no mind to Saviour. There. Uh, Hester. I can hear it again. That's the second night I've heard it. Someone's playing the great organ in the entrance hall. Bah. Your fancy's got you, Hester. It's the wind. In the branches. And the old eaves. Oh, James, it's not. Trees don't play melodies in airs. I can hear them distinctly. And the more fool you, then, to take wind in the branches for honest tunes. Ugh. I've better things to do than to listen to the girl's fear of a storm. I've work to do in the pantry. And I'll thank you to keep your dreaming to yourself. Forgive him, Hester. He's not been well these last days. Dorothy, what is it? Please hush for a moment. Just hush and listen, will you? Confess it, Dorothy. You hear it as clearly as I do. You do? Oh, God, help me, I do. And so does everyone else. You must learn to bear it, as we do. It will not harm you. But who is it? Who's playing it? Oh, since before I came to the hall, it's been said to be the old Lord Furnival, the grandfather of the present Lord, playing on the great organ in the hall, just as he used to do when he was alive. Oh. I've heard it many a time, but most of all on winter nights and just before storms. You said Mr. Carson, when he brought you here, told you to stop your ears in the wintertime, and you did not know what he meant. I think you know now. I thought at first it might be Miss Furnival who played, unknown to Dorothy. But one day, when I was in the hall by myself, I opened the organ and peered all about it and around it, as I'd done once to the one in our village church. And I saw it was all broken and destroyed inside. Oh, it looked so brave and fine. And then, like it was noonday, my flesh began to creep a little, and I shut it up and ran away to my own bright room. I didn't like hearing the music for some time after that.
Come in. Oh, you're back, Hester. It was a bitter cold night to walk to church, I should think. I must confess that I admire your piety. No, it's kind of you to say so, man, but it's no sacrifice on a night like this. With the moon on the snow, it, it's as bright as day outside. Where is she hiding? Where is who hiding? Why, Rosamond, Mrs. Stark. Dorothy said she left the kitchen an hour ago, and she's not in any of the other rooms. Hester, you were a What fool. have you done? The little vixen is asleep among the cushions somewhere in the room, all hiding behind the screen, depend upon it. Oh, oh Miss Farnham. Yes, Mrs. Stark. Oh, heaven bless you, Hester, you're here. It's Miss Rosamond. Oh. James is bringing oh, where is she? How is she? It is She's nearly froze. Darling, it is Rosamond. Where was she? Oh, there now. Oh, a chafer arms and legs. I saw a tiny footprint vanishing up the hillside in the snow. I ran as I haven't ran these 30 years. And I found her halfway up the fell by the old holly bush, stiff and cold. The holly bush. Aye. Aye. Sleepy. The beautiful lady. If you'd heard her cry, you'd have let her in. Oh, thank God. Oh. James, uh, dearest James, you were just in time. Where's the lady? Hester, where's the lady and the little girl? Oh, gently, my darling, gently. Oh. Tell us everything from the beginning, and, and then perhaps we can answer you. Where did you go when you left Dorothy in the kitchen? I, I was on my way to see Auntie Furnival, and, and, and I saw snow falling through the windows, and... And, and I thought how pretty and white it must be to see it on the ground. And, and so then I went to the great hall to see out through the tall windows. And I looked out, and, and the snow was bright and soft. But there was a little girl. And, and so thinly dressed, Hester, in all the, the snow and cold, and not so old as I am, but so pretty. And she beat her hands against the window and, 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 she, and cried to be let in. Oh, all the time dear. she beat on the glass and, and all, all the time she cried, you couldn't hear sound. Oh, heaven, forgive. Have mercy. So I went outside to let her in, but instead of coming in, she took my hand fast and tight in hers. It was very, very cold. <laughs> and she took me up the fell path up to the holly trees, and, and and there I saw a lady weeping and crying. Devil, devil, restless alive she was and restless dead. But as soon as she saw me, she hushed her weeping and and, and smiled very proud and grand, and, and 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 she took me on her knee and lulled me away, way off to sleep. Oh, mercy. Wilt thou never forgive? It's many a long year Grace, ago. Grace, come away now, my dear. We're old, you know. We're old, and it's time to rest. Don't you think it's time? Of course. Of course. You're, you're right, and You always were. Rosamond? Yes, Auntie. Would you remember something, my dear? Would you remember something if I said it? Yes, Aunt Furnival. What 
is done in youth cannot be undone in age. Good night, my dearest. Good night. Good night. Come, Grace, come. That's it, my dear. Rosamond, you were lying just now or imagining things, weren't you? Oh, indeed, Hester. I'm telling you the truth. Indeed, I am. She must be telling the truth, Hester. She can have heard no stories of the child and the woman in the snow, but they existed once, and God help us, they do still. She must have seen them. Tell me once and for all, what did she see? She saw Miss Vanderbilt's hell. That's always with her. That's with her for 50 years. James was but a boy in the days when America rebelled against King George. The old Lord Farnival, our mistress's father, ruled here. He was a fierce, dour old man that broke his wife's heart with cruelty and his mad pride. But above all things, next to his pride, the old Lord loved music. He could play on nearly every instrument you ever heard tell of. And it was a strange thing. It didn't go to soften his heart, but it didn't. He had over an Italian music master to teach him the organ, but many's and many's a time as he rolled out his fine music, his teacher was walking in the woods with his daughters, Miss Grace, our mistress, and Miss Vanessa, whose picture you saw up above. You know their pride. But pride will have a fall, they say, and they loved... The both of them that scorned the dukes and princes of their day. They loved an Italian music and master. And was Miss Vanessa got him. Aye. And Miss Grace wore vengeance, she did. And bided her time. And the child at the window was... Miss Vanessa's and the music master's. Aye. And the next year... The Italian went off across the sea. And never came back. What did Vanessa do with the child? She tried to conceal it in her own quarters in the East Wing. And I found it. Oh, Mrs. Stark, I didn't hear you at the door. Nor did she. The mother and child crying and freezing in the snow? It was the old Lord's right to know what went on in his house. He didn't make the weather. He didn't make the days. But he laid down all his music and died soon after. We think that, like the Italian, he loved Miss Vanessa more. Miss Grace and Mrs. Stark had killed their loves. And over the years, they did the same for ours. House guests died. Servants and the rest of the family fled. Never returned. Take Rosamond away, Hester. Far away. Miss Grace loves her. They will kill her. Go away, Esther. Far away. We love you. They will kill you. But you're innocent. You killed no one. They can want nothing of you. We are faithful servants of the family. We are adopted carnivals. If we love you... They will kill you. Run, Hester, run! As I ran, my dear, with your mother Rosalind in my arms, I looked back 
footprints and trail of a horse. The center block and the west wing where we'd lived were shrouded in darkness as if long abandoned. The east wing, my dears, the east wing, it glowed and shone with lights as for a children's party. Mystery Theater has brought you The Old Nurse's Story by Mrs. Glass Bell in radio version by Gavin Douglas. The cast, Joan Orenstein as Hester in Youth and Age, Dan McDonald as Karsten, Faith Ward was Rosamond, Miriam Bell played Miss Furnivelle, Mrs. Stark was played by Muriel White, James was Bill Fulton, Flora Montgomery played Dorothy, Sound, Lee Bailey and Harold Porter, Audio, Bud Tabor. The Old Nurse's Story was produced and directed from CBC Halifax by Peter Duncan. Frank Cameron speaking. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.